Uh, yes, well, he can go, uh, I know this. I've been listening to Stephen Hackett. He clicks his fingers. That's his trick. Yep. Yeah, the, the click is one. I'm just looking at it as one sort of strict line. I might say, very clever, this. Very clever. Uh, yes, cool. yes. We should we should talk about productivity or something. We should. Welcome to the Stationary Adjacent Podcast, a podcast about the intersection of analog and digital productivity. My name is Justin Twyford, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Stuart Lennon. Hey, Stu, how are you doing this week? I'm tickety-boo. Thanks very much, Justin. How are you? I'm doing really well, thank you. Let's start with our regular question of the week. Pick one tool that had an impact on your productivity this week. What tool was very, very important for you this week, Stuart? This week was all about things for me, which is is unusual. I'm more of an analog man most of the time, but uh, I had a lot on my mind. I needed to get it out of my mind, and things, quick entry is fantastic for that. So things, fantastic app for all things Apple. You use that for just a capture? Uh, predominantly, predominantly, but I do use it for other stuff too, but I dare say that may come up today. Hmm. Let's find out a little bit more about it. Mine is purely back on the analog. Uh, last weekend I made one of those very, very rare 2020, 21 ventures to a store. I went to a pen store that's open up and, uh, doing social distancing and mask wearing and all of those safe things. And they had just got their new, Lamy Safari Special Editions. Uh, if you're not aware of those, there's two colors, Terra Red, and I can't remember the green color, but there's a green. And they are remakes of the very first Lamy Safari. Now, Lamy Safari with a triangular grip and my awkward hand-holding is not something I really love. Uh, I have a few of them, Special editions, the colors sometimes get me going, uh, but their nibs are somewhat inconsistent, especially when you like the uh, needlepoint sort of nibs that I do. This color of the Terra Red just absolutely blew me away. Uh, I dip tested a particular uh, extra fine nib in the store, and it was beautifully extra fine and smooth. Uh, so I picked one up, and I've been writing with that all week. Surprisingly, it's the only pen I've written with. And you can always tell when you're a little impressed with a pen because that becomes your obsession for at least some time. So if you haven't, if you haven't seen these, both of them are actually really nice colors. The Terra Red, though, is this beautiful. It's, it's like a clay red uh, in a matte finish. And it's absolutely a beautiful pen. So I do recommend it. Lamy seems to have some control of their nibs at the moment, and uh, that's always a good thing. They've had some problems over the years, at least in the versions that I have picked up of the Safaris. Yeah, very good. Well, uh, they do have a great reputation. Um, pretty much all German pen makers have a pretty good reputation. But uh, yeah, I shall keep an eye out for one. I do have a place around here that uh, I can get Lamy. I can't get much in Cyprus, but I can get Lamy. So. What are we talking about today, Justin? Well, let's, let's talk about to-do lists because to-do lists, I think for a lot of people are the most simple way to think about productivity. 
uh, with anything we do in the background for organizing and reviewing and thinking about how we do things. At the end of the day, we have to look at what we do and set ourselves some goals. And, and those goals usually are a simple to-do list. Whatever we need to do, we've got to think about it, we've got to plan it, and we've got to figure out this is how we're going to do that. I, I think there's some real positives to a to-do list. It allows you to set priorities. If you work in a corporate jobby job, this is really important that you get on with your own work rather than someone else directing through constant emails and voicemails and people standing by your desk in those days where we had a desk in a communal space. <laughs> Setting your own priorities is going to help your career accelerate. It's going to give you a sense of accomplishment. It's going to help you really be at the top of your game. And Knocking those things off that you want to do and then getting them done is a really, really good feeling of accomplishment. I've worked with people, actually. I had uh, one staff member who was a list guy. Every morning he'd come in, he'd make a list, and sometimes at the end of the day, he'd even add in some of the distractions that he got onto his list that he had accomplished in the day just so he could cross them off and say I'd done them. <laughs> uh, but you know what? He was very, very effective, and uh, it, it worked really well for him. I'll, I'll give you a story on that, Justin. I had a member of my team once, a member of staff, uh, who did something very similar. So uh, I noticed he was always going through lists, ticking stuff off. And I, I saw him doing that, that very thing where he would do something and then you'd almost hear him curse, go back to his list, write it on the list and cross it straight off. And I said to him, I said, why did you do that? And he said, well, no offense, Stuart, but you lot aren't going to give me any praise. So I like to give myself a little pat on the back. <laughs> okay, there we are. There's some management feedback to take to the next board meeting. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, here's a new pen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would, would you like a Lamy Safari? Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you're right. It's, uh, it is an important uh, tool. You know, the, the, the very simplicity of a list can, can be its power. One of the things that implicitly it does, thinking about what you're going to put on your list, really adds clarity to what you need to do to move the needle in whatever position you're at. Just that process of spending five minutes sort of thinking, even if it's just in your mind and you don't have a complicated system behind the to-do list, thinking about what you want to do for the day is really going to help clarify what you need to do. And what you need to do to really, the things that are important to you, the things that you want to do, the things that you enjoy doing and give you a sense of accomplishment are really, really good. One of the other real advantages of a list is that it can be customized and systematized. Uh, the bullet journal comes to mind as really that is a list. It's a note-taking and list-taking method that is developed into an entire system that involves review, it involves planning, it involves reminders, and you can really take a simple list and make it into a much bigger thing. Stu and I both use some systems, and we'll get a little bit into those, and over the coming episodes, we'll talk uh, more deeply about some of the ways we do things. A very simple list is a good way to do it. And Stu and I both talked about this in our episode zero. A list also provides a record of work activities. Uh, which can be valuable in lawsuits and things like that. 
you had a boss that got you into day planners for that very reason, I believe. Yeah, exactly that. Um, he, he insisted that all of his management team uh, use day timers. And I, I think I mentioned it in the last ep, you know, getting one of these was a real sort of rite of passage into senior management. So I was delighted. And um, in typical stationary nerd fashion, I immediately got the best leather cover and the best add-in tools. The great thing about Filofax Daytime is all the little things that you can add in. So you can have different rulers, you can have different tabbing systems, you can have expenses sheets, time log, you know, all sorts of stuff. When I asked him, I said, so why do you want us to use these? He said, well, two reasons. One, because it will make you sit down and think about what you're doing. And two, you'll see in your contract, they belong to me. And if I want to take them back, I will. And if I, therefore, we find ourselves in some sort of lawsuit or some sort of contractual argument, I will expect to see in your notes when you discussed that contract with the other party. And I will expect to see in your notes what was agreed. And if what was agreed reflects what we've said, that will carry some weight in, in court. And he, said, he, he told me that that came from experience. Just a diary entry saying that at 12.24 on the 15th of March, we discussed this and we agreed that it was best for both parties to work in fashion A. He said that won me a court case. I think his, his, his reason for telling me that was to make sure <laughs> I took proper notes. And I, I, I do. I learned that lesson. And I think it is very important, not necessarily for a lawsuit, but just so yourself, you know what it is you've committed to. Mm -hmm. Because it's important that you go through, you follow through on your commitments. And the best way to do that is to see them in black and white and go, oh, I said I would do this for person A, and therefore I'm going to do this for person A. You know, I was thinking about this this week. I was doing some internal discovery of uh, a case, a lawsuit that I'm working on. And I found a few entries in Slack where some communication was had, but it was very patchy. And I was thinking, you know, how, how can I get other people in other departments to start keeping better records of, of what they're doing? It's a tough thing and it will still serve you well, even all these days later, you know, this is a generation of digital tools to get into the habit of, of marking down what you've done and who you've talked to and what you, what was said. And a to-do list, a simple note is, a, is an excellent way to do that. Whether it's digital, whether it's on a pad of paper, something that does not get deleted, that gets archived, it is a perfect way to protect yourself. For sure. Best thing about to-do lists is they're going to vary depending on your needs. You don't have to do them every day if you don't want to. If you've got a big project, I'm working on this project all day a to-do list really isn't going to help you. You can customize to whatever you need. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're going to talk about a little bit about what, uh, what we're doing currently and how we think we can provide some, some ideas that you might want to consider. I wanted to talk about the, the downside of, <laughs> uh, of to-do lists though. And, and this isn't a negative thing. This is more a keep listening to us. We've got things that we'll talk about to help this. To-do lists, you get into the list reactive method, and I don't remember whose term that is, but basically you are reacting to the list. If people put things on your list, 
you get a phone call that you need to do this. It goes on your list and becomes the most important thing or one of the most important things that you're doing. Sometimes we're tempted, uh, you know, just as Stu and I were talking about people that write things down that they've already done just to check them off. There are often things on the list that are more important than others. There are also things that are easier to do. If we just want to focus on our personal productivity, sometimes we pick off the things that we can just check off rather than looking at the big hard stuff that is not as easy to check off and is going to take more time and potentially mean that other things don't get done. So there are some dangers to the list reactive method of following a to-do list. Very true. A lot of that, I think, comes back to GTD model. That's the system that uh, Thixdo and I both got into, which comes up with a way of prioritizing your to-dos, if, if, if for no other w- way to say that. Uh, I was actually looking back at the GTD model the other day. Now, I first encountered this in the early 2000s, and I've just kind of grown my own system out of this. But I, I actually went back to the book, the 2015 version of the book, which... Um, If you can get a copy of the original one, I still think that may be a better read, but there are five steps of organizing your thoughts that David Allen proposes. The first is capturing, and this is the essence out of GTD, get it out of your head into a trusted system. We should should at this point just explain, GTD, get things done. Ultimately, that's what this is all about. But um, <laughs> Justin and I are so familiar with it, we, we live in acronyms now. Yes. But GTD stands for Get Things Done. Getting Things Done was a book by David Allen that came out in the early 2000s that was, was an old tickler file system that he introduced, which was from secretaries of old. Uh, and he doesn't give a lot mm. of credit for where he got that from, which I know is certainly one of the critiques that I've heard about his work. The ideas that he presented, though, get it out of your head into a system to pick your next actions. When you look at something that you have to do, something like build a new bed for your your bedroom is, is not something you do in one task. What you have to do is first look at it. Okay, I need to plan it. I need to then get the tools. I need to then cut the wood to the right size. I need to then put it all together. It's a system of breaking down a task into what is the next actionable item. And that's really, really important in there. And that's really where to-do lists come from. What's the next action? What am I going to do? Is it actionable? Put it on your list. And then David Allen went into the next part of that, which was organizing which is a, a way of how do, you, how do you decide what you're going to do, where you're going to do it, when are you going to do it, what context. Contexts were a big part of this. So maybe you have a context for when you're sitting at your desk. Maybe you have a context of things you need to do while you're driving your car. I need to pick this up from this store. I need to go get groceries. I need to pick up my dry cleaning. For those that remember what dry cleaning was, <laughs> there's lots of ways that you can actually put things on context, but that makes it a little more complicated uh, to reflect on, to review regularly uh, and to engage with. So I I don't want to spend too much time on GTD, uh, but just to give you that, there are five steps. The keys are get it out of your head and define what your next action is on on each one. That's how you're going to develop a to-do list. 
Cal Newport has taken that and come into three words I think really are, are good when you're thinking about how to do a to-do list. Capture, configure, control. Capture is really capturing from David Allen's uh, methodology. How do you capture items? Where do you keep them? Do you write them on a notebook? Do you keep some in a text file? Do you put some in things as Stu does? Where do you keep those? Uh, configure is once you have those items, what do you do with them? How do you organize them? How do you prioritize them? How do you, you put them into one system so you're not looking in three different places? It's not particularly efficient to be looking at a to-do list on your computer and also a to-do list on your notepad and realize that you have different things in each one and then trying to have to reconcile those. Put them all into one trusted system and then you can figure out like Stu and I do, the final thought of that is putting it all down into an analog list. Control is to schedule and plan. This is really the next action part. When do you need to do this? I use a lot of defer dates because a lot of things in my to-do list applications, I can't act on right now. I'm waiting for certain things. Uh, you know, I can't file this year's taxes until I know what my performance was and what my calculations were. I, I can't pay for something until I've got an invoice for it and the transaction is completed. So there's a lot of things that uh, you need to really control and schedule and plan out. Now, you don't have to do all of this for a to-do list, but keep in mind, you need to keep somewhere to capture your stuff, figure out what your next item to do is on there, and schedule and plan it. So let's talk about what we do. Uh, Stu, what do you do to capture? Capture, capture, capture. I do two, well, I have two types, two styles of capture. One is an intentional sort of generation of a list. So to, to borrow from David Allen, just getting everything out of my head. So whatever things are rattling around in my head, that I know I have to do. So they might be things that I regularly do. You know, I have to take out the trash on Tuesday and I have to take out the trash on Thursday to, oh, I've got to do the presentation for, for client A to, oh, I've got to review performance of staff member B. All of those things that I know that are there that need doing. Oh, I've got to get that guy to fix the air conditioner in the office. All of those things, I just write them down, 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 write them down on a piece of paper. Now, I can use an index card. I can use a notebook. I can actually go directly into an electronic system like, like things. I mean, there are many, many of those available. You can even just write it on a text file. I tend to use a, a notebook, uh, partly because I sell notebooks for a living, but partly because I find that the best way. I find that gets less in my way than using any electronic tool would. So I write a list, very free form, bullets, not numbers, dashes, you know, I just, it doesn't matter. Just get them out, get them out, get them out. What I try to do is be very, I, I go over the top. So I explain more than I might think I need to. So I, I used to have a terrible tendency of writing a three word note. And then 30 minutes later, I would look at it and go, what does that mean? <laughs> I have no idea what that is intended to tell me. So I, I write it in a longer form now so that I've got, there's no room for maneuver or um, you know, ambiguous meaning. 
That reminds me of a, a story that I have. I had a, a CEO that used to come into town once in a while. Uh, and, you know, part of the normal schmoozing of, of going out for dinner with your CEO, uh, he used to have a little habit of having a couple of drinks with dinner, let's say. And, you know, as things were coming, he would make these little notes to himself. And the next morning, I remember him coming into the office and he'd made all these notes in the bar at the hotel uh, when we were having conversations. And he had no idea what any of them were. <laughs> Perhaps not the most effective uh, CEO practice because, you know, as a, as a report, one thought, hey, yes, we've, we've got this point across. It's going to get acted on. And then nothing ever got done. And uh, we, we knew why. <laughs> yeah, it's not necessarily the best place to uh, to exchange orders of business, but um, I, I can see I can see how it happens because you may know Justin. I'm quite fond of a glass of wine myself. <laughs> the other type of capture that I have is, is the lightning bolt. So something strikes me. I might be working on on a spreadsheet, and some isn't the mind weird? Something completely unrelated will hit me. I never have inspiration for buying people's presents when I need to buy them a present. But when I'm working on a really dense and difficult Excel sheet, that's when my brain decides to tell me, oh, you need to buy the following things for your friends for Christmas. Those types of things, again, I, I, I lean towards the analog. I'm never very far from all sorts of paper. So I will just jot that down. And um, I, I use a kind of hybrid of the bullet journal, which I'm sure we'll get to one day. But I, I just note it in there and I put it aside. I've noted it. It's out of my head. I'm back in my Excel sheet. My, my flow hasn't been interrupted. My concentration has survived the onslaught of my weird brain. And I can just move on. But importantly, I've remembered that because I've put it into the phrase you use, the, the trusted system. I know that later in my, my process, I will get to that again, and I'll put it in a place that's appropriate for it. So those are the two types of capture that, that I use. What do you do? I'm just thinking the takeaway from that is if you want to have creative thoughts, uh, work in Excel. It is so boring that you're gonna, your mind will be off doing all kinds of creative and brilliant things. I, I can't bring myself to endorse Excel, but I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my system is a, a very similar. Um, I tend to do my brainstorming as part of a weekly review just to make sure that I have got everything out of my brain that I need to do. Uh, I don't do that uh, very often outside of that. That's usually part of that review process. I do use, depending on the circumstance, both notebooks and also digital. Uh, quite often, if I'm sitting at a computer, I have a program called Drafts that we'll probably talk about uh, that is quick entry. And then at the end of the day, I have a reminder as part of my shutdown routine to go into drafts and, and clear it back to zero. So there's nothing outstanding in drafts. Everything is archived and everything is in where it needs to be. I use that tool quite a bit for different things. I also have a variety of notebooks. Um, I don't own a notebook company, but uh, I keep Stu in business. <laughs> <laughs> and very much appreciated it is too. I love using uh, tools and I, I'm a weird one because, and I'm sure we'll talk about it some more at some point. I use different notebooks for different things. I always have a pocket notebook, something like a field notes with me. And that tends to get 
longer form notes or things, you know, graphs or drawings or, well, I wouldn't call them drawings. I'd call them, you know, fifth, fifth grade sketches. The collection goes into the notebook. Honestly, working from home, I'm using notebooks a lot less than I used to be. I do usually have my daily to-do list on my desk as well. And I'll use a uh, Bujo notation for that. So, you know, if I've got a note, I'll put a note in. If it's a to-do, you know, the little line with the, uh, the note itself. If it's uh, a to-do that I think of, I'll just put it in there. And again, at the end of the day, I review that and put it into the trusted system, which for me is, is OmniFocus. It's digital. So I think capture is certainly one of the most important things. Uh, migration is important, getting it into however you control that, whether it's a, an analog uh, bullet journal or whether it's a digital planner, the, the migration is important to get it all in one place where you can look at it and you can figure that out. My migration is triggered by reminders, which is at the end of the day, I have a shutdown routine. That's where I do that. I do my planning analog in an analog planner, but I do, I do all my long-term organization digitally. What about, what about you, Stu? What do you do for migration and uh, your tr one trusted system? It varies, and I'll, I'll tell you why. It depends upon my season of life, if you like. So I was working in my own company, uh, a financial services company. I was in charge of just a few things, just operations, compliance, Shared responsibility for sales. Big job. A lot going on. I was the, I suppose, second in command, but uh, there were two board members and I was the other one. And that was quite a simple existence in many ways. And I was able to run that with a, with a manual system, with an analog system, because everything was work. I was one of those people that got up, drank coffee, went to work, uh, came home, went to sleep. And that was for a period of, I don't know, 10 years. It was full on. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, it, it wasn't a horrible life by any means. But looking back on it, it was very singular. I neglected other parts of my life while I was just building this business. And I could do all of the migration into a notebook or to a planner or, as, as, as you, a combination of notebooks and planners. And I could keep on top of things. I'm now in a season of my life where I have several businesses that are much smaller, which have a whole different focus where there are other people involved. And I, I have a much more varied life. I do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. And what I found then was that my brain struggles to switch quite so quickly from one to another. And so while I'd be working on one area of, of my businesses, I would completely forget about the others and without reminders and without electronic prompts i found myself sort of forgetting things not getting things done that needed to be done you know little things like paying your taxes um i, I wrote on my blog about not taxing my cars um which <laughs> which led to a policeman pulling me over on the motorway and saying you're a bad man now, that's not the sort of thing that I would do. I'm a compliance officer, for God's sake. I don't generally go around and break those sort of laws. So that prompted me to get back into the electronic. And as we touched on earlier, my, my touchstone, my trusted system is things. Um, I have worked with 
OmniFocus, which I suppose is the sort of uh, the Rolls Royce of these uh, these applications. This with OmniFocus, you can in fact run a country. Things is scaled down a little bit. Um, it's, it has more focus probably on the aesthetics. It has more focus on simplicity, but I would argue is equally as powerful uh, in many ways as OmniFocus. Uh, if you put the time in to learn how to use it, which is true of all of these tools. So everything that I have from my, my notes, my index cards, wherever they might be, I have a, a day shutdown and a week shutdown. And the week shutdown is almost a sort of, um, it's, it's a cover <laughs> for any days that were missed or things that were missed. But I get everything into things. And it's at that point that I start looking at those configure issues that have, have organized and prioritized. So, um, okay, this is paying my personal taxes. That goes into my personal life. This is uh, ordering some new stock for Nero's notes. That goes into the Nero's notes section. You know, I start moving things around and then prioritize, I think is, well, do we cover prioritize here? I suppose I do. Increasingly, I, I become more and more convinced of the, of the understanding that priority is a singular word. Um, and there's, there's, you know, there's actual science behind this and history behind this. Priority never had a plural when the word was first used. It comes from Latin and it doesn't have a plural because you cannot have priorities. That's an oxymoron. A priority is the thing you do first, the thing. <laughs> and so I use things to do that for me as well. So I look through things and look at what's upcoming, where I've got deadlines, what things are going, what things are going on in things, um, and then choose the one thing. That is my priority. Uh, that was a good book too. The one thing. The one thing is, is a good book. Uh, how can you say this? Sometimes these books, I think focus so ferociously on having a simple message that they can feel as though they're talking down to you a little bit, or it did to me. Mm. Um, I, you know, I understand the, the idea of repeating the message. Um, that, that's great. But you don't have to tell me every four lines that it's the one thing. <laughs> every, every four pages would have done. Um, but yeah, it is a very good book. And, and that message is very, very important and one that I, I personally subscribe to. One thing. <laughs> and if you do that one thing and get it finished, then all power to you. Great. Then go through the process again and come up with the next one thing. Uh, maybe it's age, maybe it's experience, multitasking, trying to think of several things at once is great. It's fantastic with one small problem. It doesn't work. <laughs> there. Oh, I feel slightly better for that. How do you go about organizing and prioritizing once you've got everything migrated? What, what, what do you use to sort of move that into schedule and plan, which is the, the final stage? Yeah, so organization for me and prioritization, they're they're all done digitally, capturing everything. I, I put them in. I, I do have context. I use OmniFocus, which is really built around the GTD methodology, which is where are you going to do this? What, what are you going to do? It does neat things like it even uh, geolocates. So if I'm at the supermarket and there are certain things that I want to get and I've 
I, I could put them in my OmniFocus with a tag of the supermarket. And as soon as I walk in, it'll pop up on my phone and remind me that uh, I need to get this and I need to get that. And, and that has saved my bacon uh, and my marriage many, many times uh, because <laughs> of the ability to do that. It's a little complicated. In essence, though, it's really figuring out what I want to do. More than anything about OmniFocus is it's the one place to get all my thoughts in. What I then do is get it out and put it on paper. And paper is, this is what I want to do. And I shouldn't say it's just daily. I look at my schedule at the beginning of the week when I do my review and I pencil in activities. You know, I've got certain things that need to be done that are the big rocks, to use Stephen Covey's analogy. The things that really are important. And I block times off that I want to do that. But I realized that in the course of a week working for a company with many other people, that can go sideways in a hurry. And so I, I do sit down and I look at each day on a day-by-day -day basis, and I plan out by paper. I take things out of my system and put them into my day. And that's what I focus on. I don't work out of my OmniFocus or digital system because it is too easy to get sidetracked with something else that looks either more interesting or uh, more urgent, but not important. You know, it, it's easy to say, I really need to get that done because so-and-so is waiting for it, rather than looking at it and saying, really, what is the most valuable thing I can be working on at this point? And so prioritization is really important, and that's where I do it on, onto paper. Mm -hmm. You use paper too, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, um, I'm a drifter. I'm using a hybrid at the moment. So I would have everything uh, in things. I would look at things and I would work out on paper what I was going to do. So my priorities would come, okay, I, you know, to move the needle in this business, that task needs to get done this week. To move the needle uh, in that business, then that task needs to get done. I take those and, and like you, I look at my calendar, go, okay, where can they fit around my commitments? You have fixed commitments. So for me, I might have recording a podcast that's in the diary. Moving it around is doable, but it relies on someone else being amenable to that. So you, you try and work around these things. And as you say, place your big rocks. I find that easiest to do digitally. So uh, I'll bring up a weak view of the calendar on uh, I just use iCal uh, on my Mac uh, and I actually block out time. So I will put in a two hour slot for writing a blog piece or uh, put in a, t uh, a 30 minute slot for a call to Claire or any of the things that I need to get done. And I start putting in those blocks at the beginning of the week. I won't block the whole week, but things that I know have to get done at certain times and, you know, nice things too, like, well, Wednesday afternoon. I'm going to play golf. Boom. And I'll put that into my calendar, partly because I don't have a boss who's going to look at me and say, what do you mean you're going to play golf? Um, and partly because it allows everybody who I allow into my calendar to see that I'm not going to be any good for anything else that afternoon because I'm not going to answer. And that gives me an idea of the shape of the week. But then like you, I move to paper. So when I sit down in the morning, and decide exactly what it is I'm going to do. I will look at my calendar, which is probably at least halfway time blocked. And I'll go, okay, so I've got to do that. I've got to do that. And I will note that down. 
I'm using index cards at the moment, but sometimes I use notebooks. And it'll I'll write down the three or four things that I am going to get done that day that, you know, are, if you like, non-negotiable. There's plenty of other things that live on in things that I can I can refer to if I want to, but those four things on that list have got to get done. And it becomes that becomes my master. Uh, when I'm feeling demotivated or bored or you know, tempted to go and you know surf the internet and probably in my case buy another fountain pen or something, I go back to this little note card and go, okay, okay, look, I'll tell you what, finish number four. And then you can go and spend 15 minutes looking at pens. And I'll, I'll bribe myself. I'm a, I'm a really simple creature. And, and just the idea of, okay, get, that, get those four things done. Your day has been a success. By all means, go and buy yourself a pen. I'm, I'm trying to remove the buying bit and just enjoy the looking. But I think that's, it's an important aid. We, willpower will not get you through to the end of the day. And if you're a normal person working in a normal job, there's bits of your job that are boring and you don't like. That's, I mean, I don't care what anybody says. I, I think it's a bit disingenuous when people turn around and say, just, just do what you love and you will never work another day in your life. <laughs> yeah, that's great. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily pay for the shoes. So I love selling stationery, but I'm not a huge fan of, uh, of doing the accounts. But they need to be done. You, you can't run a business without doing them. So having those lists on paper that I've written down, it sort of represents a commitment. And I know on occasion <laughs> those, those lists have dragged me through the day. They've dragged me to success. What uh, tools do you use for paper? Oh, what do I use for paper? Well, there's, there's probably a couple of episodes in there on its own. Um, I've spoken before about Analog by Ugmunk. Um, I'm enjoying that at the moment. Um, I've got some uh, a huge selection of notebooks that I use. Uh, like you, I carry, uh, I have on the go at least one pocket, at least one desk, and probably three or four project notebooks. Even just simple uh, bits of paper, you know, like post-its. I mean, I'm not a big fan of post-its because they tend to get stuck places. And once you stick them there, you forget they're there and you never see them again. Mm -hmm. Or maybe that's just me. <laughs> uh, those are the things that I, I really enjoy using. And you remember those days when we used to go to meetings? That it's lovely to be able to pull out a great notebook. Um, and so I have a series of notebook covers, which mean I can, I can adjust my look. You know, I have some very, very posh, corporate beautiful leather from smithson of london um you know it cost you about the same as a small car <laughs> and i have you know rough and ready field notes which make really strong design statement and i love them all that's my problem i love them all what about you what do you use analog wise yeah i'm i'm very much the same way that uh i have a, a fairly large selection of things that you know i never actually want to admit how big my uh, selection is, uh, just in case my wife ever listens to the podcast. I'm sure talking about productivity, that's not a concern, but you never know. Maybe she'll just <laughs> skim through it. Uh, more seriously, though, I went back uh, a couple of years ago uh, to a Filofax, which is a ring-bound, date-driven system. And that is my primary jobby job tool. The reason I use that, it's uh, one page a day, 
layout, which means that on one side of the day, I have sort of my working time. It starts at seven o'clock in the morning, and I think it goes through till seven o'clock in the evening in half hour increments. And what I can actually do is time block. I can put on my appointments. This is very much what uh, Stu does digitally in his calendar. Put on, put on the appointments and then work around the times that I have as uninterrupted times before then. Uh, particularly important for me is the morning hours before sort of 10, 11 o'clock. Those are the most productive hours that I can get because not a lot of people are reaching out to me. I can largely defer any emails or Slack messages or anything like that until that time without too many people getting too excited. So I'm really plan out that. Also, at the end of my day, the the middle of the day tends to be the activity uh, for some weird reason out here. Uh, At the end of the day, I usually find that I also have a couple of hours and I plan out big rocks, big things that I need to do. In the middle of the day, I actually plan out time for the list reactive stuff, the stuff that is going to be an email from the boss. It's going to be, I I need to talk to my staff about certain things. Uh, I need to have a Zoom call or a phone call with somebody. If, if I schedule that in the middle of the day where I'm already expecting to get cluttered and bombarded and, and not particularly reactive to everything that I want to do, that's a good way to do it. Obviously, working in a, a, a corporate world, I like to uh, schedule my meetings on one day where it's possible. But when you're working with a group of people and you're not always the head honcho, that's not always entirely possible. So I do have an element of uh, that list reactive thing in there. Coming back to sort of the the premise of the show, the to-do list, my five to nine, my, my side hustle, I just use a very, very simple to-do list. At the end of every night, eight o'clock at night, I have a little reminder from OmniFocus that pops up on my phone and it says, plan for the next day. And this is not planning for the work. This is not planning for the jobby job. This is planning for my side hustles, whether it's working on a podcast or planning out uh, a writing project that I've got going, taking photos, whatever it is. I find I am much better if I have a roadmap of where I want to go. So I usually put three things on there. And if I, if I ever skip that, I find the temptation, you know, getting up at five o'clock, all of a sudden I'm reading the news on my phone or I'm, I'm checking my email instead of actually being uh, focused on what I think I need to do. So I get up there and, you know, they're kind of ranked with, this one's the most important thing I want to work on. When I finish this, I want to go into this and go into there. And that allows me to make some progress on my side, my side projects, which, you know, Stu talked about doing the things you love. Um, these are the things I love doing. Uh, unfortunately, they just don't pay the bills as well as uh, a regular jobby job. <laughs> Coming into that part, the, this, is, this is one of those things that the reward is the task itself. And I, I enjoy doing that. And again, I, I use bullet journal notation. Uh, Ryder Carroll, great job on coming up with a system and simple notations that make things so easy to see where you're at. That's kind of what I do. I have these different pieces of paper, depending on what I'm doing, and each one of them has its own use. Yep. Uh, Both of us have used the word simplicity, and it it comes back to to that all the time. 
Um, we've both, I'm sure, been down a route, and I'm sure lots of people listening have been down a route, where productivity and the management of productivity has become a rabbit hole all of its own, a, a set of tasks related to working out your tasks about your tasks, where productivity has completely lost its definition and meaning. It's just become this huge thing. And, you know, OmniFocus can do that. Things can do that. Any of these systems can get overwhelming. And life can get overwhelming. And, and productivity is about simplifying that, not complicating it. And I think that's where Ryder Carroll's notation system is so good. It's easy to retain. You, you don't have to think about it. And it's intuitive. You know, you, you do an arrow that way to say it's going forward and an arrow that way to say it's going backwards. It's obvious. You cross something out to show it's done. It's satisfying. It feels good. And any productivity system, well, any notes, any task planning, it's got to be simple. If it can't be simple, you're probably not doing it right. Sure, you can add layers to it of things to enhance, like defer dates and context. These are all really, really useful. But by the same token, you could actually do that on a piece of paper with a pencil and a couple of notes. Because there's nothing to stop you having a little symbol for the supermarket. And there's nothing for you to put in a defer date. It's easy. Understand what system you're using. That would be, <laughs> would be my advice to anyone who's beginning something trying to start getting hold of their tasks. Understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. And bad news is there's homework. You need to read, get things done. If you're interested in productivity, I'm sure you already have. Um, if you haven't had a look at Ryder Carroll's work, you should buy the book. It's great. Or just have a look at his website, which is uh, imaginatively titled bulletjournaling.com. You'll find uh, a wealth of really good videos up there, short videos that are, are brilliant. I, I think they're absolutely fantastic. I know you like them as well, don't you, Justin? I, I do. Uh, I, I can't agree with you on the book. Uh, I think Harry Marks uh, <laughs> made the comment that the Bullet Journal book, it's a, a book that after the system had been out for a while, uh, Ryder Carroll uh, wrote to explain the system a little bit more. And uh, unfortunately, some of the wording is he explains a problem. And then at the end of each chapter, you got the end bullet journal to the rescue. <laughs> uh, and it became sort of a, a Harry Marks called it a drinking game. <laughs> and I was about halfway through the book at that point, And I don't think I ever finished the book because it became just a drinking game to me. <laughs> I would recommend in the space of 20 minutes, you can go and watch uh, three or four of his beginning how it's done videos on his website. Yep. And you will get so much more than anything than wasting two hours reading the book. If you, if you want to go deeper, the book actually does have lots of good content. But uh, I think just going to his website, looking at how he uses the, the basic notations and his process of migration, just understanding that and grabbing a notebook and, or a piece of paper and just starting on that, I think is a, a great place to start. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very fair criticism of the book, particularly if you're already into bullet journaling. I think Harry, you, myself, had been doing it for a while and made up, you know, come to some conclusions about what it is and, importantly, what it isn't. And then this book sort of naturally sort of come on top of that like a hammer. 
I think if you've not come across bullet journaling, the book is probably less less troublesome. But I agree that there is an element of the how many times can he say bullet journaling will solve this? Um, Bullet journaling doesn't solve anything. The person solves stuff. But it is, I think, really, really useful. (laughs) But it was, I like you, I think the videos are the best thing he's ever done. And it was the videos that got me uh, involved and dare I say hooked on the system. I still use a brand of it now. <laughs> Alrighty then. So I suppose to finish, we've got to say, what should people do? What tool? What's the one tip? Here we go. A, pri- a number one tip, Justin, one tip each to become better at managing your tasks. What would you advise people? I would advise people to start with a to-do list. It's going to force people to think about what they're wanting to do. It's going to put intentionality into it. And it's going to give them a very quick feeling of productivity. Crossing things off is a great place to start. There's a lot behind the scenes, but at the end of the day, figuring out what you need to do, putting it on a list and being able to execute on it is the start of the wheel. It's the momentum that's going to get somebody interested in productivity. And it may be a little simplistic. You can't lead somebody to water and say, here's OmniFocus, go to town on it. You've got to be very simple. And I think that is the most simple way. Yeah, good advice. What about you, Stu? I think I would say, give yourself 10 minutes at the end of every day. Now that can be uh, the last 10 minutes in the office, It can be 10 minutes on your commute, you remember those? Or it can be uh, 10 minutes before you go to bed, doesn't matter. But during those 10 minutes, just look back at your day and think, okay, what was the thing that went really well? What what, What did I achieve? And give yourself a pat on the back, okay? Don't ever hope that the rest of the world will give you a pat on the back. It doesn't work like that. Give yourself a pat on the back. And if the world gives you one too, or your book, that's great, that's fantastic. But don't rely on it. You know if you've done something. And think about what is the most important thing that I need to do tomorrow. Excellent. Ideally, I'd like you to write it down. But even if you don't, it doesn't matter. Just think about it. Because you will be amazed what your subconscious will achieve for you while you're asleep. Once you've set it that task, you be you be you will be astounded what can be achieved. So we're, I think we're both very much on the intentionality is important. Oh, for sure. And uh, being intentional is really difficult to do intentionally. You've got to fool yourself into it. <laughs> very good. Okay. Well, I think that uh, kind of concludes our episode for today. Uh, anything else you wanted to add, Stu? No, I think that's that's it from me. If you want to find me on the internet, I suggest you go looking at stuartlennon.com. Uh, you can also find me at nerosnotes.co.uk. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? Uh, the easiest place to see everything that I'm uh, working with outside of my jobby job is at my website, justintwyford.com, T-W-Y-F-O-R-D, because it's one of those names that just doesn't roll off your tongue. You can see my analog writing uh, at writeexperience.com. Until next week, say goodbye, Stu. Goodbye. <laughs>